You're listening to the Option Alpha Podcast from OptionAlpha.com, where we show you how to make smarter trades, learn how the stock market really works, and generate consistent monthly income. Now, your host and head trader at OptionAlpha.com, Kirk Duplessis. Hey everyone, this is Kirk here again from OptionAlpha.com, working every single week to make this the most popular investing podcast offered online and in iTunes because it's based on one thing and one thing only, and that's helping you guys make smarter trades. So again, thanks so much for tuning in today. On today's show, we are going to be talking about the ugly truth of selling cheap options. And I want to use a new little case study based on some backtesting research, which I think will help out in kind of your decision of whether or not you want to sell really, really cheap options. Now, I want to first reference one of the other shows that we did because I think they kind of go hand in hand. These two are kind of, you know, paired together. We spaced them out, but they're paired together when I kind of structured out what shows I want to do this year. And show number 102, we actually looked at different option prices. So we actually dug down into particular contract months for S&P call options. And so we looked at the 40, 30, 20, 10 delta options, and then the differential between pricing and how far out they were from the money, probabilities of expiring in the money, et cetera. So if you really want a different side than what we're going to talk about here today, then that's probably the show you want to look at or you want to listen to as well as today's show. So again, show number 102, you can get to the show notes by going to optionalpha.com slash show 102. Now in today's show, I want to use a backtesting case study of a TLT strangle. And so the reason I want to do this is because I want to use a different ticker symbol. I want to show you guys that it works across different ticker symbols and highly liquid ETFs. But the concepts and the framework of what we're talking about are generally, you know, working across everything that we're trading. So of course, there's some that, you know, maybe don't work right now or haven't worked in the past. So we know that, you know, some of those are always going to be present. But on the broad spectrum of tickers that we have back tested, 100 plus different securities, this is what we are absolutely seeing. And we can use TLT to help prove this concept by using a couple back tests that we just ran. So the overarching theme here, though, is that what people often do in this business when they find out that they can sell options and they can generate a high probability of success, the natural default is, well, if I can generate a high probability of success, why not just sell you know, the cheapest options furthest out? that have the highest probability of success, basically the options with a 90% chance of being in the money. And conceptually, that makes sense. I I get like why rationally people are thinking that, you know, if I'm going to make money, I might as well, if I'm going to win 70% of time, well, 90% of time is better than winning 70% of time. But the problem with doing those cheap options that are so far out in and like not even including the fact that they're in most cases, a little bit less liquid wider spreads, not even including that is the fact that cheap options have a high probability of success, but dramatically lower profits overall. And so what I'm always concerned about, or one of the things I look at when I run a back tester, do some analysis, is not just how profitable was the system, meaning total win rate, like how profitable win rate wise was the strategy. Did you win more than 50%, 70, 90, right? That's one factor. But for me, one of the bigger factors, and hopefully for everyone else too, if you have a long enough timeline to do this, is how much money did it actually generate? So total dollars, irrespective of everything else, did it actually generate more money in one scenario versus another scenario? And if it did, then I can start digging into it and say, okay, what might I have to go through? What are the roadblocks or, you know, kind of the bumps in the road that I might have to go through on the way to generating that type of cash flow? 
And so hopefully today this will be a good refresher for some of you, but it'll also reinforce some of these concepts if you're brand new to Option Alpha and to some of the back tests that we have been doing. So here's the setup, and I want to kind of go through this so you guys understand kind of, again, conceptually what the setup is for, for these different strategies that we ran. So the first setup that we ran was a TLT strangle. So just a short strangle on TLT. TLT is a bond ETF that we trade actually very often. So we're very active in TLT. I love trading TLT. Last year in 2017, it was one of our best performing tickers. But we just set up a very simple weekly entry in TLT targeting the 40 days till expiration. And again, you can do all of this using our backtesting software at optionalpha.com slash toolbox. And we'll have a link on the website so you guys can check that out. There's demos and you can play around with it as you wish. But we just set this all up in literally about you know, 15, 20 seconds each tops. So TLT, we did weekly entries, which means that you didn't actually trade that often, right? So you actually could have done daily entries and you could have actually increased the frequency that might have changed the numbers, but we just did weekly entries. We said, okay, look, if you're going to make a trade, let's assume that worst case scenario, you can only trade once a week. And we did days to expiration targeting at 40 days. So every time that we had to make a new trade, we tried to enter the trade at 40 days to expiration or whatever was closest to 40 days to expiration. We usually give ourselves in the software about a five-day window on either end. So somewhere between 35 and 40 days is really what we are targeting. If the expiration was 20 days out, we would just skip the trade, right? So there's always probably going to be a rolling monthly contract anyway. So we had a lot of trades to work with. Now, in this case, for both of these runs that we did, we had no IV filter, So we didn't say, okay, you only make these trades when implied volatility is great in some cases or not in others. No, no filters at all. Just pure raw option selling at its finest. No IV filters at all. No profit taking. No stop loss. So this is a little bit different. So we're actually doing something a little bit different than what we would usually do. And again, the reason I want to do this on this podcast is not only just to present different ideas, but also to show you that in this case, it was actually just pure set it and forget it trading. You just set up the trade, you let it go all the way to expiration, win, lose, or draw. No adjustments, no rolling, no profit taking, no stop losses, nothing. The only thing we did different in these two runs is the short strikes that we selected. So we decided initially how far out do we sell options? And again, the concept here is if we sell options further out, does that actually generate more money because they win more often than if we sell options closer in? So on the first run that we did, we sold options at the 25 delta on either side. Now think about this conceptually for a second because we get a lot of questions all the time and I like literally every day I get the same type of question, which is, Kirk, if we're selling options for you know this percentage, that means we should win 70% of the time. And I always tell people, well, just because the probability suggests on trade entry that you're going to win 70% of the time doesn't mean that it's actually going to be that. It could actually be much, much more than that when the strategy actually plays out, when implied volatility's over expectation plays out. Now, in this case, we set up this first trade at a 25 delta on either side. Now, theoretically, this should be a 50-50 winner, right? If that's how people look at the front strikes on trade entry, they say to themselves, okay, a 25 delta on one side, a 25 delta on the other side, hey, Kirk, this is a 50-50 bet. I mean, you're really not making anything. Now, of course, we're not including the credits that we take in, but let's say at the best, it's a 60% win rate, right? Like that's kind of how this is set up. Well, what we actually saw when we traded this for the last 11 years, basically on TLT, is we saw the strategy win 70% of the time. So on trade entry, depending on the credits that you took in, 
it looks like the trade should win 50, 60% of the time, depending on the credit. It actually won 70% of the time. So it overshot its expected win rate by at least 10 points, right? Meaning that it won more often than we expected on trade entry or that the number suggested on trade entry. And again, that differential is because of the implied volatilities overpricing because the market doesn't move as far as we would have thought. Now, as far as total return, the strategy generated a 40% return over basically the last 10, 11 years. And total profit-wise, when we sampled it on a $250,000 portfolio, we made $100,000, a little over $100,000. So the annual CAGR in this case was about 2.46. So basically, when you chart this thing out, it did about the same as the S&P at the end of the cycle. So it performed about the same as the S&P. It's very end of the cycle to be in the same price as the S&P, but it had dramatically less variance. So during 2008 and 2009, you really didn't see your portfolio take a huge dip like you would have in equities. So the variance in the account and the stability of the strategy was much improved over the S&P. So again, in this case, we sold the 25 deltas on either side, short strangle, 40 days to expiration, no filters, no IV rank, no profit taking, no stop loss. And it did about 2.46% annual CAGR. Now again, it won 70% of the time and the max drawdown at any one point from top to bottom was 27%. Now here's where I'll pause and say that's one figure that I always love to know. I want to know at any point in this whole cycle, what did the strategy do? What was the drawdown that you had to go through to get there, right? Because it's not always going to be rosy. You're not always going to have uptrends. You're certainly not going to close every single trade for a, a win. So what did you have to do to get to that type of return? In this case, you had to go through at least at some point a 27% drawdown. Now, this is much better still than the broad market because the broad market, I think, went through almost a 50% drawdown or 49 or whatever it was, in some cases, drawdown during the 2008-2009 you know, collapse. So you did much better. And you can even see this on the PL graph that we post with each strategy run that you, that you do in your account. So pretty interesting. And again, this is the basis of you know, what we're talking about. Now, there's probably no surprise as to what the results are going to be for the next setup, right? But, but we still want to go through them. So the next setup that we did on TLTs, we did the same exact setup, but the only thing that we tweaked was the short strikes. So now we went super far out on the short strikes and sold the five delta calls and the five delta puts on TLT. Now, what's interesting about this is this strategy should win 90% of the time, right? So if you're selling the five delta on one side and the five on the other, combined, that's a 10 delta. You should win 90% of the time. Again, no IV rank filters, no profit taking, no stop loss, nothing. So we are truly trying to hone in here on the differential of do we sell options closer in and potentially have more risk, but potentially higher reward, or do we just flat out sell options really far out of the money because they're really cheap and they've got a 90% win rate? So in this case, when we actually ran this analysis, the strategy won 92% of the time. So what's interesting about this for me is that the further you go out in selling options, the less often the strategy is going to outperform what it should do which makes logical sense because at some point you're going to hit 100% or 99% chance of success if you sell options super far out, if they're even liquid, then it can't overshoot that win rate by 10%, right? You can't win more than 100%. 
So there seems to be this diminishing, you know, return factor of you sell options further out, the win rate edge that you have where the strategy wins more than it's expected to starts to slowly creep down. In our first example, it was at least 10% that we won more often than the probability suggested on trade entry. In this case, because we're selling options so far out to begin with, we only won about 2% more than the probabilities suggested. Now, we also went through a 13% drawdown selling options this far out. So obviously, the market is fair and efficient in the sense that when you sell options with a higher probability of success and you win more often, you are generally going to see some smaller drawdowns. You're not going to typically go through a huge, nasty drawdown because you're really just trading super, super far away. So it's kind of that one-off, you know, two or three months that the market kind of goes against you and you have a drawdown. And then at that point, your peak to trough at some point was 13%. So if you were just looking at these numbers, you'd say, well, okay, this is an amazing strategy. 92% win rate, 13% drawdown. I can totally handle this. I can weather that storm, right? Well, when we actually looked at total profit made and total returns, you dramatically underperformed the market dramatically underperformed the market. In this case, when you sold options at the five delta for TLT, you had a 17% return over the whole period. That's an annual CAGR of 1.61%. And total dollars, again, when we tested on $250,000 portfolio of just 43,000. When you used the other strategy, which was selling the 25 deltas, you made over $100,000, right? So almost 2X plus what you would have made by just selling options a little bit closer in, right? It's a huge differentiator in how you think about options trading. Once you put some of these numbers in front of you, and hopefully that's what we're trying to do is put some of this math in front of you so you can obviously make better decisions. Like I want you guys to make really good decisions and using some of this research, you should be able to do that now. The concept that we're trying to prove here, and this kind of goes across many, many tickers, again, many back tests, various levels, is that when you generally come in, and you sell options that are a little bit closer in. I'm not saying you always have to sell the straddle because that doesn't necessarily mean you always do the best. I'm saying you come in and you're somewhere in the 15 to 25 delta range. Again, backtest your strategies, optimize them for certain situations. But in that range, you generate more total dollars than you would if you just defaulted to selling options super far out of the money. Because although selling options super far out of the money has a really high win rate, and that's really attractive and it's cool if we wanted to publish you know, our win rate at 92%, I could do that all day, but I'd underperform the market year after year because my portfolio really wouldn't go anywhere. I would win at a high degree, but every time that I would win, I'd be basically picking up a couple pennies right in front of you know the market and the market's just soaring past us. So hopefully again, this brings a lot of context to what we talk about and and why we do what we do, right? It's never just a black and white thing. It's never you have to do this or you have to do that. What I always think about is, you know, backtesting, optimizing my trades, and then trading within a framework. Like now we know, okay, it's probably better to come closer in. Okay, use that framework to your advantage. That doesn't mean you always have to do the 25 delta. It means that in some cases do the 20 or the 25 or Maybe during some high V environments, you do the 15 or you actually come in closer and do the strangle or the straddle. In any case, what we know for sure is that selling options so far out, and although it's attractive from a win rate perspective, 
actually doesn't generate a lot of money. And that's helpful. I think that that's helpful in a lot of different areas and hopefully helps you guys out. Remember, these two strategies, you did nothing. The only thing you set up is the deltas in each case. So management was the same. Stop losses was the same. No filters. I mean, if you're going to do the same thing over and over again and you want to generate more money, a small quick tweak you can make is just to sell options a little bit closer in than you would have otherwise expected because it generates just more total return. So hopefully this helps out. And I want to get into today's Q&A segment just so I let you guys know ahead of time because it's a little bit different than last week. This audio was bad when it was recorded. So Roy, if you're out there, you got bad audio, man. But I wanted you guys to have this topic included in today's Q&A segment because I thought it was a good question and I do want to get to it and answer it. So again, bad audio. So just bear with us. We try to clean it up as much as possible, but it was a good question. I think you guys can weather through this one and hopefully we won't have any more bad audios for the ones coming up. And now our favorite part of the show, Trader Q&A, where we ask a question from one of our current members about options trading. Got a question you'd like to ask Kirk to answer live on the air? Just head on over to optionalpha.com forward slash ask and hit the record button to leave a message. That's optionalpha.com forward slash ask. And now here's today's question. Hi, Kirk. I just listened to your latest podcast. I was wondering if you ever looked at selling half of the trades and then letting the rest of the trades go to expiration rather than the just selling everything at 50% or picking an arbitrary number like 75%. All right. So Roy, again, thank you so much for submitting the question. Again, major question here is, would you ever sell half of the trades at 50% let the other half go, right? The simple answer to this is I would do that if I got my 50% profit target very, very quickly in the cycle. So let's say I get into a trade or a series of trades, either they're 40, 50 days out, right? And after three days or five days, I get to my 50% profit target. Well, in that case, I might get half of those trades off or I might start liquidating some of those positions and let the other ones ride just a little bit, especially if it's a directional trade. So if I get the direction right early in a trade, then I'm more open to letting the trade ride a little bit further going towards expiration, maybe not going all the way to expiration, but going towards expiration because the stock maybe had a huge move higher and I thought or expected that to happen. And if it happened early, great. I've got some buffer because it's got to reverse all of that and then get down to my strikes before I lose. So that's when I would be willing to, again, sell half the positions and then you know let the other half run or sell a quarter of them and kind of start slowly taking money off the table. It's not something I typically do. I try to stay very mechanical, very rigid in how I do it. It's either kind of all or nothing when we trade. But this is something that I think you know you could do and you could be a little bit more artistic about this. I think this is the art side of of trading options that often people talk about is you know there's a lot of science and mechanics behind it, but there's a little bit of art form to it as well. And I think it just takes a little bit of time to get to that. So hopefully this helps out. Again, if you guys have a question you want me to get to live on Facebook or on the podcast here, Again, please head on over to optionalpha.com slash ask and click the big red button in the middle of the screen. Leave me a private voicemail. That's the best place to do it. There's no software to download or install. It's super easy to do it. And we are doing this first come first serve. And we're trying to answer these questions across all spectrums of what we're doing at Option Alpha. So on the weekly podcast here, on our daily call podcast, on Facebook and Twitter and YouTube, we're trying to get to as many questions as we can. And it's first come first serve. So we're creating a nice backlog here, which is good, but we need to keep it full. And I want to hear your questions. I want to know what things you guys have to say. So again, head on over to optionalpha.com slash ask. 
Now, before we get into the closing bell segment, again, if you want to get your hands on our backtesting software, which allows you to do the types of analysis that I just went through today on the podcast, head on over to optionalva.com slash toolbox. It's a one-time investment, lifetime access, and you get all of our updates for free. So anytime we add new tickers, add new strategies, add more data as we continue to add data in the future, all of that is included with your one-time investment to kind of help us you know, facilitate this. So it's a really simple model. We charge a very small amount to get you into the program, but that amount goes to funding and helping us fund the purchase of more data and the running of more tests and tickers and buying all this stuff. Data is incredibly expensive, which I didn't know when I got into this, you know, many years ago and started buying data in bulk. But if we can work together and kind of crowdsource this type of technology and this information, hopefully it helps out for everybody. So again, you can check it out by going to optionalpha.com slash toolbox. Now, the closing bell. Find out which stocks we're looking at right now, trades we're making, and hear our game plan moving forward. All right, so on today's closing bell segment, I want to talk about a new trade that we got into actually in SMH. Now, SMH is a good old friend of ours because I say good old friend jokingly because it's one of those trades or one of those tickers which either seems to work or seems to doesn't like it doesn't work for us. You know, it's never kind of in the middle and doing okay. It's either doing really well or just kind of is terrible for us and we just, you know, have a bad month trading it. But I don't know what the sequence of returns are going to be. I don't know what what it's going to do, you know, the next 10 trades or 20 trades in a row. All I know is that We want to keep trading it because it's got super high implied volatility right now and it's very, very liquid. So what we're doing is we're setting up a brand new surprise, surprise short strangle in SMH. Now, when we go through our trade optimizer and use our backtesting, one of the things that we know is a good level for SMH and just generally for this market environment is to sell options at about the 15 delta on either end. So in the case of SMH, that's what we're doing. We're selling options at about the 15 delta on either end for SMH. Now, when you look at the chart of where SMH is right now, it's right around like 104, 103 or so. And so the 15 Delta for us basically puts our call options at 115 on the call side and our put options at 90 on the lower side. So a huge, huge range for SMH to trade in. And it's about a $25 range for this stock to trade in. And again, it's trading right now at about 104, 103 or so. And so it's a really big range. I don't think that this range is going to be breached. And we get some really good pricing here by selling the 115 calls and the 90 puts. We're taking in $2.14 on each of those contracts that we're selling. And we're selling a pair of those right now. We'll ladder into more entries here in the future. But for right now, that's pretty good pricing. That moves our break-even points $2.14 even further than just the short strike. So a very high probability of success trade. On trade entry, this thing at least should win 70% of the time if we were to replicate it over and over again. I fully expect if we can take this thing off at a 50% profit target consistently to win more than 72% of the time. I mean, you know, like we talked about today on the trade in TLT, we should win 78, 79, almost 80% of the time taking off trades a little bit early and IVs over expectations. So Good little trade if you can get into it. Again, we've got details for our pro and elite members. If you're trading an IRA account or a margin account, we always also send out with our alerts 
the contracts that you should buy on either end. So in the case of SMH, we let all of our pro and elite members know, hey, if you're trading an iron condor, you want to also purchase these calls and purchase these puts and create a risk-defined position. Thanks for listening to the Option Alpha podcast. If you liked what you heard, please drop by iTunes and leave a rating or comment. Plus, you can get everything. Free email updates for future shows, transcripts, video tutorials, case studies, and more. Just visit our website at optionalpha.com. All right, so as always, I hope you guys enjoyed today's show and got at least one thing out of it that you can apply right now to make you a smarter, more profitable trader and investor. As always, you can get additional resources and show notes, links mentioned in the show, some related video training from today's show by going to optionalpha.com slash show124. Again, that's optionalpha.com slash show124. And until next time, happy trading.